It's that green now. Okay, good. <clears throat> All right, the masterpiece of a podcast, I guess. <laughs> After we put it off, it was Gwen's birthday, so. Gwen's birthday and sick kids. And sick kids. Yeah. Which is never easy. No. Or putting together a bed and then thinking you can film a podcast while you're putting a bed together. Oh, yeah. I got infuriated that night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you weren't infuriated. You were just grumpy. Oh, yeah. Because I had worked all day. and Yeah. Yeah. But you ended up, you ended up helping and getting it done. So that was good. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to start off with a question because we started off with questions on the last podcast and they'll never hear that podcast because okay fair enough so i'm back <laughs> in the hot seat gotcha. no no you're not in the hot seat this is this is more like we're, we're doing like chill vibes tonight okay because i know you're on mad honey and you're just yeah i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to ride that wave you're feeling yourself mm-hmm. yeah which is totally fine uh so what what's like the saying in our house for uh shopping do you know what the saying is um for shopping yeah the one place we always shop every saturday costco yeah but what do we always say like when we need something it's really so it's really you want to phone a friend you want to tag me in (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, I guess we'll have to get that from Costco. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, do they have that at Costco? Do they have at Costco? Oh, we can pick it up from Costco. Yeah, but then half the time we forget it. But you know that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes we forget our stuff, but yes, um, we always we've basically just started shopping at Costco at this point. Well, we've always shopped at Costco. I think it's our favorite store. No, I mean, but like we used to shop at other grocery stores, but we don't really go there now. Yeah, that's true. Or just Costco one and done. Yeah, it is. We've, <laughs> we've fully converted to a Costco household. Yep. The only reason that was was because I was looking in the mail today and there was a uh, Costco flyer and I told myself a joke about how, because instantly I saw so the Tide Pods were on sale and I was like, we've bought a lot of detergent lately. And I went, oh, I guess we'll just pick some more up at Costco. And then I laughed because, you know, like, yeah, we always say that because you were just talking about last week about your tires. You're like, oh, I should have just went to Costco and got my tires done. Or my glasses. Or your glasses. Yeah. They, they get it all done at Costco. Yep. Costco, one shop shop, one stop shop, one stop shop. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. The other question for tonight is, what was my funniest tweet today? Um, I enjoyed. Oh gosh, I'm putting me on the spot. I thought this was a a chill. I thought this was a chill. Let Merlin just you know, go. I forget how to even get onto Twitter. Like, <laughs> it's difficult for me. All right, let's take a look here. Um, because big things happened today with it. Big thing hap- Big things happened on your Twitter. Yeah. Let's see. Because I'm no longer the cowboy. Oh, yes, you Star Lord. (laughs) Star Lord of Merlin. (laughs) (laughs) Upgraded in life. I was going to be a lot meaner in the tweet, too, because I was going to go, you can address me now as Star Lord, peasants. Like, oh my goodness. 
Really just lean into the whole wizard thing. The whole wizard thing. Bow down to me, peasants. No, but you're too much of like a... You're a leader, but you also like always try to lift others up. So, again, you try to come off as like a douchebag. As I say earlier, you try to come off as a douchebag, but it doesn't fully go through because you always have it doesn't the, connect. You always have the better interest for people to like help them out. So just say it in a dickish way. You just say it in a dickish way, but it doesn't come off as douchey as you want it to. Yeah, which is hilarious to me. All right. Well, take your time. We'll let the dead air sink in. I answered your question. Well, what was the favorite tweet, though? Star-Lord. Oh, Star-Lord was your favorite tweet? Yeah. I okay, outside of, like, Star-Lord, because that was the one that I specifically sent you today. Right. You just showed me 15, 20 minutes ago. Right. Because um, I was laughing about it, and I wanted to show you. Um, What was... What was it? I don't know if you did it today or yesterday. Oh, got blocked because I gave helpful information. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Because, again, you you present your information in a dickish way, and it doesn't come across as, like, super helpful. But, like, you're right, though. So, I don't know. Some people just... I'm right. Why are you pissed? <laughs> <laughs> don't be so mad. Be right next time. Yeah, don't be, don't be wrong. Just be right. Today. Yeah. Learn something that you're wrong. Yeah. Learn something today. Learn that you were wrong. Yes. <laughs> uh, my one of my favorite tweets from today was um, was the so it broke essentially that Nord Stream gas pipelines, which is it's a major transport of of gas from Russia to Europe. Yeah. Um, it's called LNG, like natural gas. Essentially, it helps heat homes during the winter, that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So it got blown up early in the Ukrainian war. The U.S. government came out and said, look, it was most likely the Russians that did it. Um, you know, it obviously wasn't, it wasn't anyone within NATO. It wasn't anyone on, like, you know, the European side of things that, that had any hands in, in Nord Stream getting blown up. But it was, it was huge, super impactful, right? It, it caused prices of natural gas to skyrocket right in the face of a winter. For Europe, and it caused like a whole bunch of hard, a whole bunch of hardship, like across right. across the board. Like meaning it skyrocketed to the point where like people couldn't afford it. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They were stuck in the dead of winter with like no heat. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. But because Europe's a socialist state, they just kind of pushed the costs around and stuff. So, mm -hmm. I mean, everyone got gas that needed gas, supposedly, but um, the cost for it. Were at like extreme. It was way more expensive than it needed to ever be. Like but, detrimental. Yeah, super detrimental. So today, the CIA came out that uh, the Ukrainian government actually blew up the Nord Stream gas pipelines, and the CIA warned the Ukraine, "Don't do it. Like, don't blow it up because it's oh going to fuck God. up a whole bunch of things." And they did it anyways. And they did it anyways. Like a toddler. So, the, yeah. <laughs> so now now I'm starting to think through I have to explain three parts of like backstory to this tweet it's not a simple joke but for me it was the funniest joke because I guess I understood the full backstory and I guess if people didn't understand the full backstory they wouldn't find it funny 
Okay. And now as I'm explaining this out loud, I realize I need to stop being mad that it wasn't my most popular tweet of the day. <laughs> so really, you wanted me to say, oh, it was your, your Nordstrom. Yeah, there was a correct answer. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was in the hot spot, hot seat. Gotcha. There was a correct answer and you gave the wrong answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. All right. What's, what's the backstory? What's the three? Well, yeah. So the other part of the backstory mm-hmm. is, uh, so the U.S. has been funneling tons of money to the Ukraine for military equipment. Right. So the way the U.S., when the U.S. wants to distance themselves, like they'll start slowly undercutting in public messages, uh, their support for the other for the country that they're they're supporting in a proxy war, such as the Ukraine, right? Right. So, uh, the CIA releasing a statement that was like, "Hey, Nord Stream pipelines, that was the Ukraine's fault, and we told them not to do it, but they did it." So, it's basically our way of like breaking up with the Ukraine. You know, <laughs> this just isn't going to work for me anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. the USA's way of breaking up with, with them saying it wasn't us, it was you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not me, it's you. Yeah, yeah. Which is really interesting from like a bigger perspective of what the fuck's happening in the Ukraine. Is are they gonna? Is the counteroffensive not going well? Is it too much money? It, you know, there's a lot of like unanswered questions specifically about what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then there was a weird tweet last night too. So essentially like our biggest, two biggest adversaries are China and Russia, Yeah. obviously. Yeah. Right. So China has really been like playfully edging towards getting Taiwan, you know? Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and sorry, she's making a weird face with me. <laughs> Edging Taiwan, okay. Yeah, no, they weren't edging Taiwan. They they they're edging to taking over Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> they okay. really they really want Taiwan. Yeah, it's almost impossible to invade. There's essentially only one beachhead that that would be uh, accessible accessible enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. for China to pull off an invasion of Taiwan, and by the time they they start the landings. The U.S. fleets would already be in the area, plus Japan would be involved in the conflict. It, it wouldn't go over well for China. Like, it doesn't make sense for them yeah. currently to, to try to take Taiwan. But there's always, like, a lot of chatter on, on in the background um, on FinTwit, especially from, like, bears that want the stock market to drop that are, like, kind of beating the drum of war of, like, China's going to take Taiwan, and it's definitely going to happen. And I'm like, like, during monsoon season? I don't think so. I it's a little too wet out. It's it's too wet out for that. Yeah. Definitely going to take, so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it at some point, just not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Time and a place for all of that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that was pretty much everything I had to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> Other than eggs are super cheap now. Did you see that? No, because we haven't bought any this week. Did we not? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah, you're That's right. That's what we forgot at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to go pick that up at Costco. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get some at Costco. Yeah, so eggs pricing dec- declined significantly. I remember two weeks ago I was I was in an excited chatter while we were walking through Costco, and I was 
I was moving at a way faster pace walking than I normally am. Yeah. And I remember specifically telling you, like I turned to you and looked and said, did you know that the cost of eggs has been dropping dramatically? And I was like, oh, has it? Yeah. I don't pay attention to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I think when you had to travel for work a couple weeks ago and I had to go to Costco by myself, um, eggs were like $9, $8, something like that. Oh, for the whole, um, for the whole double dozen carton or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's a double dozen? A double dozen? A yeah. dozen's 12. I know. So we get 24. 24. I think we get 24. I know, but it's not like, like, what do you call that? A double dozen? Yeah, what's the real name for it? Not the stupid little name I just made up for it. <laughs> I like the double dozen. The double dozen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a quad. I don't know. Quad. I'm sure there's there's probably a baker's term for it. Yeah. 24 eggs. 24 eggs. It's not a baker's mm-hmm. dozen because that's 13. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Double dozen. A double dozen. Yep. Oh boy. So, do you know who runs Twitter? I guess this is a whole. It's just going to be a long, hot seat questionnaire. At one point, it was supposed to be Elon Musk, right? It is Elon. Huh? You got it right. Do you know he still runs it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Didn't know that that was. Did you know that he appointed a female to come in? I said that weird. I. <laughs> he he appointed a he appointed a female CEO that that uh is pretty stern on uh freedom of speech which is contradictory to what his public original public message about buying Twitter was was that he wanted Twitter to be more open more free? more free yeah not so many people going into Twitter jail or whatever it's called yeah shadow banned uh, is that what that is? Or, or actually just literally getting banned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a serious problem on one side of it. So before it was just, there were, there were a lot of people that were adjudicating based on their own personal morals mm-hmm. and their own political beliefs, which obviously wasn't fully fair. Right. You know, to make those personal judgments, especially when essentially you have more power than like, I, I don't know, an average voter in a democracy, right? So um, it's a little bit more of a libertarian view, but also too in in execution, it it gets really tricky. How do you separate your own personal biases and create an objective set of rules for, you know, who gets banned and who doesn't get banned? Right. I mean, try doing that. It's it's almost impossible. Right. Yeah. You know, it, you can't, and also too, it's been really tricky because there's things like, at the time, we thought that the vaccines were effective, right? When mm-hmm. when COVID hit, and there was a there was a big push to get it on board, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then more evidence started coming out, and and maybe we shouldn't have been so foolhardy to to push to adopt ma- mass vaccines that you know big pharma really wanted and and couldn't necessarily even prove were effective, right? You know, yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, I just, I view it as they were, like, corralling us like cattle. I know. I know, anti-vaxxer. All right. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> okay. I'll I don't know why I always choose the vaccine as the as the example, because I know exactly where you stand on it. 
I mean, I understand, like, if it's going to help, then, like, do it. But, yeah, the whole – never mind. We're not going to get into it. Because we've I'm talked about it on every cool, podcast now. I know. Wait. Can you just relax on your Mad Honey? So I tweeted about Mad Honey two weeks ago. Did you? I did. I talked about how it's the puddle of psychedelics. And actually, I thought you had a better explanation for what Mad Honey, like the experience of Mad Honey is. It's basically Xanax, for, but it's honey. Yeah, like I guess um, the way that you're supposed to take it is like a – the Nordics say to take it with um, a glass of hot water. So basically just turn it into a tea. Just mix it in a tablespoon of the honey and just drink it like a tea. Yeah. And it like, it really, I would say like it really soothes like any like aches and pains that you have, which is what it's used for, but also like it, it relaxes your mind. And so. Yeah. For me personally, if I'm having like, really overwhelming thoughts and like feel like I can't collect myself then essentially I'll just drink my Xanax concoction and I feel good <laughs> but it's not addictive it, but yeah it it's has, not addictive it has greater health benefits for it and and it lasts a lot longer than what I thought it was going to yeah I mean you said originally six hours which maybe because I'm a smaller woman right it lasts a little bit longer but that's just an estimate I mean really yeah. they they take it they take it most uh, Nepalese take it at the start of the day. Yeah. And then um, it, it's supposed to last throughout the whole day. Yeah. Or they'll take it before bedtime if they have trouble with insomnia. And right. it's oh, an easier yeah, way to that. unwind and fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's known for lowering hypertension in the blood. So uh, aches, pains, diabetes. Uh, you know, muscle spasms, tight. If your back is tight, it's really good for for loosening your back. Oh, yeah, like that kink in my neck that I had that wouldn't go yeah. away. And now it's just like magically disappeared because the tension. Literally just gone. popped after you drank Mad Honey for a little bit. But also you mentioned it's also good for anxiety as well. It's excellent for anxiety. Yeah. It calms anxiety in a completely natural way. The The way to properly, if you're if you're taking it and you want to get the maximum benefit the warm water is supposed to help relax your your inte like intestines mm -hmm. it's supposed to because it, it's almost like this is probably a really dumb analogy and it probably doesn't actually work or is true but like you think about a steam bath you go into a steam bath and all of a sudden your muscles are a lot more loose right yeah. warm water sort of has that same effect on on your intestines as well it, it helps loosens it cleans out the toxins right and all that stuff. So in order to maximize the benefit of mad honey, it's that's why it's great to uh, take, you know, boil, boil a pot of water, mm -hmm. pour it in like a tea and, and then pour a teaspoon of the mad honey, stir it in until it's fully blended and then, and then drink. Mm -hmm. And um, it has a, a way more. It's really, it's, it's a really pleasant taste too. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nothing like, um, it's not super tart, but it's it's not like flavorless either. Right. It's got a nice little like subtle taste to it. Uh, while you're talking about this, I was just laughing in my head that wow, what a great advertisement for Mad Honey. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even like sponsored by them or anything, but it's um. Somebody was joking like, "Are you are you in Mad Honey now?" I was like, I "Was like, yeah, you know what? I might as well be if I'm." 
pushing all these freaking psychedelics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, I think psychedelics are really powerful and healing. So. Yeah, I think that there's like a bad stigma behind them. Yeah. But um, I've grown to like, you know, become more comfortable with them and anything. I mean, like we've mentioned before, anything like overuse can be bad. Yeah, but just, anything anything can be overused to, yeah, you too. Just, you just have to use it within like reason. Pro yeah. Proper reason and I mean, you could say the same thing about food, right? Like with obesity, food can be abused. Chocolate, Costco, <laughs> I mean cookies. Those cookies are so dangerous. Yeah. You know what I what I really want to talk about on this podcast that I've been nonstop, like won't shut shut up. I I tell everyone I'm on the phone with about what? Well, well, what is it? Do you know what you're on the phone about? Yeah, that I, you know, when I'm just kicking, when I'm shooting the breeze. Shoot. <laughs> when I'm shooting the breeze, what? Uh, what? Uh, what? What was I talking about on the phone today? With everyone. I was bringing it up to everyone. Oh, fuck. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Aliens. I think that's what everyone wants to hear about tonight. Because they know that I know, so that I know something. That you know something. Yeah. That you're in the know. I'm in the know. You're in, I'm, you're not, I'm not that in the know. I just know mathematically. Mm, I would say you are in the know. But yeah. Um, yeah. You're, so you're gonna 100% give me aliens are real. And um, more and more evidence is coming out about, you know, there's different types of aliens and that um, we've been in contact, like, they've been in contact with us for quite a few years now. Um, so I'll let you have the floor. What did you want to say about it? Uh, I mean, I think at this point, it, it's sort of become indisputable. I, so I was trying to pull up the poll to look at it real quick to see how it, how it did. Last night, let's see here. Let's see. So there were four results. Kind of new. They, so the original question I asked was, how would you react if the Pentagon came out tomorrow and confirmed the existence of aliens? And the four results, that, or four options that you could have cho chosen from were kind of knew they existed, shocked but okay with it, anxious, don't trust aliens. There's no way aliens exist. Those mm -hmm. were the four options. So the leading result was kind of knew they existed at 63%. Yep. So two-thirds of, of our sample size sort of already knew aliens existed. Not that much of a shocker at this point. I feel like it's been well glossed into pop culture now that aliens, that there must be intelligent life somewhere else, right? Yeah, we're not, we're not so alone. Yeah. And... Well, I'll just go into what the next options are. So shocked, but okay with it. That was at 16%. Uh, anxious, don't trust aliens at 7%. And then there's no way aliens exist at 14%. Which, so I, I was talking to you about this poll last night because right. I was super interested to see what, what I would get out of, out of the votes. There were 126 votes. Um, it's not an amazingly large sample size, but it's still large enough for... Right, it's pretty... Like, honestly, like, it's pretty skewed. Like, 
it, it's pretty spread enough that I don't feel yeah. like it it was biased um, yeah. results, you know? Yeah. So The fact that people are saying – what was that second option? Sorry. Shocked but okay with it at 16%. But that, that's higher than people saying, though, they don't exist. Right, yeah. I mean, that is, <laughs> so... that is higher. But, I mean – do you remember what I was telling you where I was really, I was asking the question in a way of like, I want to understand to gauge where the emotional acceptance level is for, mm-hmm. for the study. So obviously there's no way aliens exist. That essentially represents denial of right. a well-accepted claim within the scientific community. Yeah. Right. Anxious, don't trust aliens. So, you know, sort of like a more like, um, like okay, uh, I can get behind do... that there's aliens, but I'm gonna freak the fuck out about it. Right. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Uh, shocked, but okay with it. So uh, initially, they they might it might come as a shock to them, but you know they can accept that there's aliens kind of and, like, and be okay and make make peace with it. Right, like make peace with it and just kind of like, um, God, what's the word I'm thinking of? Never mind. I'll, <laughs> I'll think about it. It's on the tip of my tongue. And then kind of knew they existed. Obviously, that's the they're already in full acceptance of of the situation, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, David Grush, he's the name of the whistleblower that came out for News Nation. It's nothing new. There's been multiple whistleblowers within the UFO like sightings. Sightings. I guess I don't want to say community, but within the intelligence community, there's there's been whistleblowers throughout the, the last decade or so. Yeah. Um. And if you remember, there was uh, a plane I showed you last night, T- TR-3B. It, it looks like a triangle, sort of. It looks like a chip. Yeah. If you remember that? Yep. I said it has anti-gravity propulsion. It was publicly patented in 2004 yep. by the Navy, or sorry, the Air Force, I think. I, I don't remember who specifically patented it. I think it's yep. the Air Force. Um. It has anti-gravity property. They, they outline exactly how does the anti-gravity work in the patent. They talk about how they can create artificial gravity within, within the plane. They, they show all the schematics. Everything's there. It's, it's out there in the public. It's been out in the public for over 20 years that our, techn- our plane's technologies are generations ahead of, of where we think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to do with, I, um, I, I believe... Somehow they spin mercury around an engine and it, it creates some sort of anti-gravity property to the entire like ship, right. okay. which is pretty cool, to be yeah. honest. I yeah, mean, it is. Yeah. Uh, so what you're getting at is that we've had access to that for, you know, you're saying over 20 years now. Yeah. So where do we get that from? I mean, yeah, where, do we, where did we get it from? David Grush is claiming that it's – it's because of 12 to 24 non-human uh, spacecraft that the United States government actually has possession of. Um, oh, I wanted to, to add in, because you asked me what was funny about your Twitter. You mentioned somewhere like, how did they travel all these years or, you know, millennia, <laughs> and then they fucking crash into our planet? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? You heard me ranting on the phone today about <laughs> yeah. 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 The one the one claim I don't get 
is you're telling me that a intergalactic spacefaring uh, species can travel, you know, instantly through space, but they can't stick the fucking landing. They, they land. crash the they crash the ship. Yep. Yeah. They they don't get through. They they invincible. They completely <laughs> get up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it is like invincible, in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. That's the part that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, I'm like, well, because so there's this weird fight in me that it's the egoist in me and the and the non-egoist. I think right. So the the egoist in me wants to go. Why the f are do we think that you know uh, human beings wouldn't be responsible for this? We're just alone. We're playing with ourselves. We play games with ourselves. We're we're destructive. You know, we're terrible people. We don't want uh you know the technology that we figured out is obviously a complete game changer versus like the rest of the world to have anti-gravity, you know, machines that that actually work and and can fight and you know would totally fucking dominate the rest of the world if we ever went to war. And it was seriously head on head, you know? Yeah. And then the non-egoist in me wants to go, how vain are you to like think that, you know, that, that we're alone in the universe that, you know, why wouldn't, why were, why do you think we would be first to be spacefaring? What we're just, we're so barely holding it together on the earth. And our civilizations are so remedial that we still have 14% of the population answering, there's no way aliens exist. And, you know, we've clung to crazy institutions. Like, I don't mean, I think there's a lot of, there's been a lot of benefits to religion, but I think it was a way to explain a lot of the universe when we didn't have enough sufficient data about the universe. Um, yeah. And I'm not necessarily closing the book on religion. I'm just saying that I think that there religion has held us back from scientific advancement more often than it has not. Right. So what you're getting at is more like we as human beings population, we haven't gravitated our focus towards the, these like technology advancements to, I guess, prepare or be where we were projected to be like, years ago yeah i mean this sounds silly to say but i remember growing up like in elementary school or something they told us oh by 2012 we're gonna have flying cars right so i mean what you're basically saying is like we could have flying cars right but we don't i guess the government doesn't put their focus on allowing that for human beings or us as a society yeah. Because I could be weaponized. I mean, we have people purposely driving into buildings. What about like flying into buildings? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a shit show. So, um, I don't know. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, sort of. I think. I think the like part of it is like you think it, like I don't know the whole the whole stopping point of the argument for me is like why did they crash into the planet? It doesn't make sense to me why something would crash. I've also, so I heard this story, and this is just between you and me and, and the podcasters, I guess. <laughs> I guess. So, um, 
so ufology really tears me apart because there's things that I've heard that I, I definitely want to believe are true. And then there's other things that I've, I've also heard or actually seen, you know, the data on and, and I've gone, okay, that, that makes more sense, you know, Mm -hmm. but so some things I can explain away, other things I can't perfectly explain away. So, and I'm leaning into a story here. So just Bear with me for a second. So okay, let's take Ro- let's take Roswell for example, 1947. Yep. So there was Operation Paperclip that went along with it, mm-hmm. right? So Operation Paperclip, the Operation Paperclip, was the idea of taking Nazi scientists, right, quickly capturing them, you know, getting them to to come over to our side to to help us develop either our military technology or space technology, whatever whatever it was, because Germany had a lot of hot, like highly advanced scientists working within the Nazi party. And so like yeah. von Braun was one of them. He ended up leading NASA, figured out the design for the spaceship, right? And got us for uh, got us got us to get Apollo to work, right? So that we could visit the moon. Mm-hmm. Right. Um so there were also a whole bunch of I forget what the other operation was called, but essentially it was was that they they convinced certain Nazi, uh, it wasn't necessarily Nazis, it was Messerschmitt pilots, German pilots, mm-hmm. to to go back over to Germany, right? To steal specifically from a specific uh, flight company. I forget who they were. It was like FWB or something like that. Um, and fly their jet engines back over to, to us. And there was one... Uh, there was one company that that ended up working specifically on on it, and they were obsessed with these different designs of of the jet engine that the Germans had. He was absolutely infatuated with it. Some of them were like triangle shaped, all different kinds of experimentation. Essentially, they wanted to reverse engineer what the jet engine had become. Mm-hmm. Right? Lo and behold, they're testing it out of Roswell because Roswell essentially is a multi defense contractor site. Um, Let's just put aside for a second what, uh, sorry, not Area 51 became a multi-defense, multi-defense contractor site. Yeah. Roswell had a, an experimental airfield. Okay. And it originally. Okay. So the experimental. So it was safe. It was safe. To experiment. But so they had German experiment test pilots in it. Nords. They look like Nords, right? Blonde hair, blue eyes, like you, we we heard it last night when we were when we were listening to I don't know who that fucking crazy guy, uh, Lear, <laughs> Lear. Yeah. When we were listening to Lear's interview, and it's so far fetched, right? Where yeah. he's like, "There's all different kinds of alien species, and one of them is the Nords. They're tall, they look Germanic." I'm like, well, hold on, wait a second here. Doesn't that doesn't that sound a little familiar? Right. Maybe there were just some Nazi test pilots. That, that we got on our side that were that were testing some crashed vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. So they're testing, they're trying to reverse engineer these these different pilot planes, right? Mm-hmm. Some are shaped like triangles. They're they're obviously like not all going to work. One of them obviously flew off, and within a mile they they crash, um, and lo and behold, right? It's it's a funny looking plane. It looks crazy. It looks like a saucer essentially. Because it's weirdly floating. Do you have a phone call coming in? Or are you good? Okay. I'm okay. Want to check? Um, and when the when the farmer sees the 
the crash site and sees this tall blonde Germanic guy, you know, in the, in the crash site and they have to recover it. Right. All of a sudden it starts adding up. Oh, okay. So they didn't really have a flying saucer at Roswell. It was just German experimentation, right. For the United States. That's why it looks so weird. And that's why there was all this weird disinformation campaigns that started floating around because mm. the U S air force all of a sudden started to realize that, that, Hey, this experimental information, it getting out and people like us disproving that it's aliens, right. Creates an easy trail to, well, if it's not aliens, then it must be something the U S is working on. Oh shit. They have fighter jets or they have, you know, anti-gravity machines or they have, something crazy and when you're in the middle of a cold war with the ussr all of a sudden right that becomes a threat to national security so they start these massive disinformation campaigns of like oh it was aliens Mm -hmm. for a lot of their shit right but then there's some other stuff that isn't necessarily explainable that is some real dark like uh they call it black money black slush um and what i was explaining to you was black money in the government, right? There's there's green money, there's black money, there's there's different colors of money that goes into different buckets when you're an agency, right? And you you can spend it however you want to. Right? Mm-hmm. Black money is off the books. It doesn't report to Congress. It's not it's not subject to congressional testimony. Um, and it it is technically illegal, right? But it does occur. Mm-hmm. In the same way that, you know, like uh, the CIA black sites. We knew about the CIA black sites. For like research purposes or for like the CIA black sites? No, the the black money. Like you technically it's illegal, but they can kind of do it. People know that it happens, but there's no way to kind of like trace it sort of yeah. thing. Is it usually used for research purposes? Or is it just used for all kinds of things. Okay. All kinds of things. That anything related to national security or private interest of, like, um, so, what David Grush is is claiming the whistleblower with the black money is what he's saying is it's not okay because so in the government contracting world, uh, when you release a proposal, right? When the government releases a proposal, right? There should be multiple bidders on it. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is that there's only three or four government contractors getting special access to alien craft, non-human origin craft. And they're allowed to work on it and reverse engineer it and then put it into their own technology, put that technology into their own stuff they're selling back to the government. And it's giving them an unfair advantage, like a sole source justification, but not really sole sourced. Ah, okay. Um, it's giving an unfair competitive advantage. Give them an upper hand. Yeah. So that's what he's really saying in his claim for whistleblowing. It actually isn't really, it has nothing to do with, there's no, there's no upset about, you know, oh, it's black money off the books. I mean, there is some, right? Because of the way they're using the black money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and technically black money was supposed to be done with, but it's really not. Um, but also too, at the, Yeah, so really what he's saying is they're violating the FAR, the Federal Acquisition Regulations, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And 
and it's unconstitutional it's undemocratic it's it shouldn't be without the you know oversight of congress and he and uh from there from what some of the stories he's heard it starts getting a little bit weirder the in the news nation interview i i kind of could tell because i knew where he was stopping you know what i mean like yeah where he wouldn't say certain things you start like you've heard enough if you've been in in the in the community for long enough right you've heard some of those hearsay stories Mm -hmm. and uh, not to go into too many of them, but like one of them is, so he talked about, okay, so there was a, there was potentially some malevolence between us and, and certain aliens, right? Right. He doesn't necessarily disclaim what it was. He just talks about how U.S. soldiers have died in, by potentially being in contact with non-human whatever. Origin, yeah. Yeah. Um. And then in your brain, you start to go, oh, I think I know what story he's talking about, right? And for you, that starts to, or for somebody in the community, right, it starts to confirm in your own brain specifically, like kind of check off like, okay, I had this pushed over to the left side of, I can kind of explain it away, like such as Roswell. I can explain away Roswell. It makes sense to me. Um, I'm, not, I'm not that concerned about like, there probably wasn't an actual alien crash. Mm-hmm. And then he pushes other stories back into the okay, so maybe there was some non-human origin stuff that actually happened, such as um, this one. It's always kind of been a little bit weird for me. I thought it was sort of a disinformation campaign, uh, but supposedly Eisenhower met with uh, an alien species in I think 1954, uh, and he signed a treaty with with the species it was like a benevolent no harm treaty according to the ufo community what they claim is is that um in order for it to be benevolent uh essentially they eisenhower gave up the right for human abduction or something like that i mean so that they could potentially do like right. testings on us in exchange for you know some technology information whatever right they'll do some testing they believe that all life is sec- sacred we're made of the same fabric you know they're they appear to be at least on the surface more you know emotionally evolved than us mm-hmm. i don't i'm not claiming any of this is true i'm just saying that david grush david grush in his interview there was a point where he said it seems like there's some treaties that were not at the discretion of Congress. And he wants to know if that's actually true or not. Mm-hmm. Did Eisenhower sign a treaty that was not at the, that was not ratified and approved by, you know, the US Senate and, and the House? Because the Senate has to approve any international treaties. That's unconstitutional, you know. Yeah. For a president to sign it. That's why Woodrow Wilson got in huge trouble in World War 1 when he started saying, "Hey, let's Let's sign up to the United. Let's make a United Nations. It was called the League of Nations, but yeah, really, it later became the United Nations in the in the second form. Um, so that's what David's getting down to, and it's really weird. Um, and it it starts to open up this again book of of questions that you know you hear these little stories about, and you're never quite sure whether it actually 
is, is true or not. It's true or not. And then yeah. he starts to sort of confirm things because you're not supposed to do it, but David's doing it. I mean, information is supposed to be compartmentalized. It's not supposed to be shared in between. I mean, that's sort of why I believe half believe Bob Lazar. I believe most of Bob Lazar's story. I don't, I don't believe necessarily that Zeta reticuli part of it and there, some other stuff. I mean, he even he says that there's likely it's sorted with disinformation so that if anyone ever went to the public, you know, half of it is just so maddening that, you know, it's out there and it, it can't possibly be true, right? Right. Um, it's supposed to be just as much throwing people off the trail as there is truth in it, right? So it's sophisticated. You mix in truth with, with uh, untruths. Um, so, I mean, who's to say what, what is really true with, with David's story? So is, is there an actual, you know, negotiation and treaty between some other alien, you know, species or have we even really been, been visited? And that's what, that's what the division is, right? Is. But also your, your story, you know, of Roswell, like, what if it's just a cover up story? What if it's just that good? It's that believable. Yeah, I mean, it it could be that believable. The problem is that they had like an extended runway. There was there was enough of like the logistics within Roswell that is verifiably true. Like outside of outside of itself, um, the the runway was I think like I want to say like almost eight miles long. Um, and so, are you getting at like maybe the UFO sightings that we're seeing could just be to put fear into it's a i'm saying it's a mix between like a mimic, like not a mimic but um it's likely a a, a mix 70 percent of ufo sightings are most likely u.s technology mm-hmm. such as tr3b yeah where it's the triangle spaceship like i can identify it in a picture if i see it i know i know what that thing looks like in the clouds i've seen it enough times that you know like um I know, I know they're going to say that's from another world and I'm going to go, nope, that's something that we sort of figured out. I mean, however we figured it out, whatever, you know, but that is something that, that we put together and, and figured out and put a patent on it in 2004 and, you know, issued out to the world. Most likely the really, really good stuff, you know, the actual alien sightings, like if aliens are still visiting earth or if they're not, whatever. Um, but if we are in possession of spacecraft, why the hell would we be flying it anywhere outside the United States? Why would we not be flying it within like the deep, uh, the deep, uh, you know, forests of Canada where, you know, it's practically unobservable to anyone other than, you know, the researchers working on it. Right. Why, why would we, we risk something that, that supposedly is so game changing? You know what I mean? There's a reason why they do it out in Nevada, like all the flight experimentation, because the ground's so flat. You can see where the crash is. You can see things observable for multiple miles, right? And it sticks out like a sore thumb in the desert. Very yeah. easy to pick up track on satellites. It's, it's not hard at all, you know? Um, oh, man, there was like one other point I, I had <laughs> in there. Uh, that was super interesting. I don't know if it's going to come back to me. Now I'm just thinking about everyone having flying cars and just fucking with each other. <laughs> oh my gosh, could you imagine? 
I don't know. I would argue that, like, we've probably actually came in contact with other intelligent life. And I don't know if you want me to mention this in the, in the podcast, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it. We were talking about it last night, right, with, like, aliens and coming into contact with them and things like that. Um, I think you mentioned something along the lines of why why don't they just kill us off if they are real, right? Like if they're if they have the abilities to to travel here and that is actually true, are they just using us to I guess like take over the planet? Do you, do you remember us talking about that? Last oh yeah, time? I went to a real dark place because I uh, you know my mind lives in a fucking well, black but like helicopter. I wanted to talk about that too. That's the other like side of things, you know, like, right? You said something along the lines of. In the grand scheme of things, we've been on this planet for a very, like, minuscule amount of time. And so, like, if they are able to then travel to us, then they, you know, you probably have full ability to, like, take over the world, in quotations. And are are they just using us to um, expand their life? And then that's when I, I jumped in and said, well, what if they, like, are wanting to procreate with us and that's why they come in peace and like it's always about fucking with you <laughs> it's not always about make fun. love not war man <laughs> it's the vibe i don't know <laughs> yeah no i mean when i when i heard david talk about the treaties last night the way he said it was in a very weird way it spooked it it spooked me in the in the spook you know like the spook community way you know like it spooked me it spooked me uh it it threw me off in a weird in a weird way because you think it like came across as like a forced sort of thing or it sounded like something wasn't right the way he said the way he said it sounded like they they promised it sounded like they promised something that wasn't good for us in the end could mm-hmm. just be that we agreed to abductions i don't know but for me promise something to save their ass you know my mind my mind went to went to did we did we agree to a treaty that that you know human race only had can live and populate this planet for another 200 years or something like that and then look that's your time that's what you get we're we're invading now we're gonna invade we're gonna enslave right or what i was thinking about was okay They've sent 12 to 24 craft. Doesn't that sound like a recon mission? And the main assault is still coming, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, how, why the hell are we not preparing for, you know, an imminent uh, alien invasion? Or why do they continue to send more if they're not getting them back? Right. It, yeah. And what I likened it to was... Uh, the colonization effect when, you know, not pilgrims, but when, when Europeans first showed up on Native American shores, specifically the conquistador, conquistadors, not conquist, conquistadors, <laughs> the conquistadors, when they first showed up, right, um, there's a very famous burn the boats and become bullshit motivation on, you know, the internet. Uh, but burn the boats, right, they infect, they caused huge massive smallpox outbreaks they they gave blankets they wiped out essentially exterminated the Incan empire mm-hmm. right? the Aztec yeah. empire fell and it was because 
um, you know, either their germs were more advanced or their technology was far more advanced than, than what the Native Americans had in terms of warfare, right? Yeah. In medicine. Uh, there's some objective things that Native Americans saw that, you know, Native Americans did that, that probably was far more advanced than European standards. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, you know, I mean, they got wiped out, essentially. Okay, so yeah, I do remember us talking about that. So it was, it was something along the lines of like, if if then we came in contact with aliens, they potentially could cause an outbreak mm. and wipe us out. Wipe us out. I mean, or their technology is so superior that they wipe us out or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then someone, I, I don't remember, I, I must have been I must have been pretty deep into to my reading last night somebody somebody threw out a theory that like because i was like uh, i kind of want to hear more about what the eisenhower thing is because i've never really never really heard too many stories about it i heard about that I, yeah i kind of heard through it through some hearsay and i was like ah it sounds like crack shit you know definitely not most likely true but as i was reading through i think someone said somewhere well I heard that they're, you know, they're they're breeding with us, which is funny because that was actually, you know, <laughs> your theory that eventually there would just be, you know, the first generation looked different, but now the second generation essentially is indistinguishable. They just they believe that it's the same fabric of life. They just want to co-integrate with us, and I was like, I guess that's a way easier way to take of a population to assimilate is to just breed into their population. I mean, that's sort of what the Irish did. Yeah, know? yeah. Shagged their way into everything. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, and back, piggybacking off of what you said, it's not always about fucking with me, but I mean, in, in this case, who's to say that, like, aliens wouldn't try to, I guess try to make their way into our population through that way. I mean, is there anything right or wrong with that? I don't, I don't necessarily know. And I don't know how feasible that idea actually is. I don't even necessarily know whether any of the alien craft actually had any live bodies in it, you know, that, that landed. Or if they were alive or if they actually crashed, right? I mean, they could have also let us inspect their vehicles and stuff like that. There's just there's so many unknowns to, to the stories. But I do know for certain we are definitely in possession of non-human origin craft. How exactly we got that craft remains to be seen and figured out. What they're actually doing, what their intentions are, is also remains to be seen. I would be highly suspicious of any aliens that were in contact here. For me, I mean, it's kind of over already if it's true. You know what I mean? I think our technology just isn't advanced enough. We're not, we haven't spent enough time, even though it is quite remarkable, like what I was saying last night was, you know, evolution, our evolution doesn't quite make sense. We were at a museum together and we were looking at, you know, the last known uh, descendant of 
of humans and then it makes the jump to do our, our next closest ancestor and we go holy shit that's a huge fucking jump in evolution like there's no way there wasn't a species in between a non-protruded nose versus a protruded nose and the jawline is there and look how little hair there was on their on their faces like it doesn't any any rational spectator looking at it on its face wouldn't necessarily agree that like the the evolution just happened like that there's way too far of a jump and right the missing the missing piece right in in the evolution of of humanity that's what they say that that there's some there's too much of a difference carl sagan put this out there in uh garden of ease in one of his books he just slightly threw it out there that Hey, it shouldn't be completely unfathomable that, you know, potentially aliens came along long ago and, and you know, fucked with our genetics and accelerated our evolution. I mean, I can definitely get behind that theory. Yeah, I could see that. And it's crazy. I also don't think it's crazy that, you know, we potentially had a very unique jump in evolution and and you know uh evolved rapidly i mean and then that's what i was saying was that 